and welcome to Let's Dive In. It's our little podcast. Where we have a go at answering questions all about life, the universe and everything in it. I'm Phil. And I'm Julie. So let's dive in. We've got another very special guest for our show and this special guest is actually sitting in his house with a stowaway from Cuba. So special guest, tell us who you are and who is your stowaway? My name is Carl Yenis and I am a research associate with the Trinity College Zoology Department. Um, I'm a science officer with the Herpetological Society of Ireland and behind me the stowaway is a Cuban night anole which is a type of lizard uh, who accidentally got brought into the country in some flowers that were delivered to a a fitness centre in the Midlands. And after they found him hopping around their their property, they gave Dublin Zoo a call. And Jerry Creighton is is a a friend of mine from Dublin Zoo who contacted me um, because he knows I have a passion for reptiles and amphibians and arachnids and all these less loved creatures of the world and basically I took Sinbad on as I've called him because he has had an amazing voyage and uh, now Sinbad lives in my middle room in the in the house here in a very lovely warm terrarium, uh, terrarium that uh, that he seems to enjoy anyway and he's getting less cranky and friendlier over the weeks since he's been here. That, Collie, that is probably the best intro to any expert that we've ever had. Not only like if you named him very amazingly and appropriately as Sinbad. For anybody who's like, well, we're talking on Zoom now to Collie. Julia and my mouth were like <gasps> open and aghast. Like, so you work at Trinity and you obviously have friends in Dublin Zoo and you're part of all these societies as well. You obviously have a passion for these, le- you say less loved creatures. Why, why less loved? Just because they're not around as much or... Um, I think if you take a kitten out or a cat and you show it to somebody uh, or a puppy or a dog, um, generally, not all the time, but generally people are quite, oh, that's beautiful. Whereas if you take a snake out, vast majority of people <laughs> tend to take take off very quickly. It's still kind of a, 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 a factor, an ew factor, kind of the, the hairs on people's necks stand up. And that's natural, you know what I mean? Like Because a lot of these particular types of animals from scorpions to snakes can be quite nippy and nasty and 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 our ancestors obviously survived because they didn't interact with these creatures too much so in that way it's it's a kind of inbred fear and and that's quite understandable but these 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 animals need somebody to kind of stand up for them and and and, you know champion them and and i think we, we kind of like to give these as I said, less love creatures a voice because they are incredibly important to us as well as uh, themselves and, and the environment, you know. You say that, that you are a champion for these creatures and you have Sinbad living in this beautiful terrarium that I see behind you. How many other little creatures are you living with? I don't know. I've, I I don't count. <laughs> I've... I've uh, I've I've hundreds of spiders and tarantulas and scorpions and and and, oh, and invertebrates. No, you don't, you don't. This is great. Julie's no. yeah. actually scared of spiders, so I'm <laughs> loving this. <laughs> um, and then like I've thousands of of cockroaches, different species of cockroaches. And then when you're getting into like frogs in my garden alone, I don't know frogs and newts, native species. I have hundreds and hundreds of them that 
are living basically wild in my estate and are very understanding neighbors who 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 are very cool <laughs> about this but then like i've got what you know three cane toads i've got four boas two royal pythons a blue tongue skink mexican black king snakes two of them the list goes on. Two budgies, and a rabbit, and a rabbit, and a rabbit. Yeah. So I have nervous. no, but like honestly, I do have a serious amount. But um, it's important to say these animals are all in very good, well maintained enclosures. They're not kept in drawers. Um, it's not hoarding. All these animals were either unwanted pets or they're invertebrates, and invertebrates can live in very, very different conditions than you know, a large uh, vertebrate animal. Uh, for example, tarantulas will live in a burrow in the wild for most of their life or in a hole in a tree. Female tarantulas will find that hole and they'll stay there unless they're disturbed and they won't move. So if you can re replicate that in a, a plastic idea tub, they don't know the difference. They're happy as Larry and you have a lot of space to, to keep these creatures, if that makes sense to you. This leads very nicely into our question that we've got from you from two girls two five-year-old girls alice and florence and their question was why do the spiders have eight eyes and we only have two eyes okay well um so uh, spiders eyes for spiders lives <laughs> that's a great way of putting it, i say it so spiders live very different lives than um than me or you or most mammals and our eyes have evolved like every creature's eyes have evolved to do a particular set of things and basically it's a it's a set of building blocks that have brought us to our advanced kind of eyes uh, that are forward facing, can see in color because our ancestors would have been interested in ripening fruits. Um, you want to have depth perception to grab those fruits and put them in your mouth. That's why our eyes are the way they are. But we've also got a neck and we can turn our head around and look behind our shoulders. Spiders don't. So if you haven't got a neck and you're out and, out look, out and about looking for food and don't want to get eaten or snuck up on, a very good system for for defending yourself against people sneaking up behind you is to have eyes right around your head and that's exactly what they have so they have a uh, two sets of major uh, large eyes that are at the front and they're really their main eyes that will be focusing on prey that will give them a good judge of distance and i'm thinking about jumping spiders here as a good example a massive they're a massive family of spiders and we have jumping spiders in ireland we have like the zebra jumping spider but it you jumps have on zebras <laughs> no it's called a zebra jumping spider because it's got uh, the color the same colors yeah but the thing is about jumping spiders if everybody hears about jumping spiders and they really think of a tarantula or something out of arachnophobia leaping at your face jumping spiders by and large are really about a couple of millimeters long tiny tiny creatures um some of them will get to about the size of a 20 cents coin so that's as large as they'll get um very cute very intelligent furry little guys their eyes ha they have these two big eyes at the front and then the rest of their eyes are around either side of their head the two big eyes are used for judging distance because they predate on animals by jumping on them by literally jumping on their back has nature then given all spiders eight eyes or is it just the jumping spiders? It's it's a mixed bag. Some spiders have no eyes, like cave spiders. They don't need them anymore. They're in, living in particular darkness. So their eyesight isn't great. So it, basically they're, they don't need it. Um, it. It depends on the species and each species is slightly 
evolve slightly different to use their eyes in a different way. How do the cave spiders hunt their prey? Are they on feel and, and touch? Do they even use taste? I mean, how do they kind of identify where their prey is? Basically, what are their other spidey senses? Yeah, great question, actually. Yeah. Cave spiders are amazing. We did, the latest cave spiders we found in Dublin, believe it or not, were in the president's house in Orison Uchtron, the Phoenix Park. So Trinity were in there this year doing a biodiversity audit and uh, um, Michael D asked us to go in and have a look around, see what was there. We found uh, cave spiders in an old ice cellar. To answer your question as to like, how do they hunt in the pitch darkness? They do the same thing that most spiders do. And that's used silk, their webbing. Their webbing and the web that all spiders create is another sense for them. In the pitch dark, they have these kind of messy tangled webs, but mosquitoes and wood lice and other creatures are going to wander in there and boom into the web spider knows he has that kind of echolocation with his web if for want of a better word and he'll know exactly where it is go up have a munch uh, and that's that and it's very hard to put ourselves in the mind of a spider because they're so alien How cool is that? Spiders with eight eyes and spiders with no eyes. Hey, uh, Judy, what do you call a spider with uh, no well, eyes? Cully, Cully just told us. It's... No, 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 no. It's a, a spider. It's because there's no eye in spider. It's S-P-D-E-R, spider. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredible to see what you get a kick out of, Phil. But just like that, it's, it's also well... incredible to think that spiders have evolved to be so different. And yet they're all spiders. So I think it is time for us to be super like those spiders and for us to become spiders. The spiders with no eyes. Oh, okay, I'm excited. What do we, how do we do this? What's what's Explain to me. I always like your experimenty games, Julie. What, what are we doing? Well, this time we're going to grab Spider-Man outfits if you've got them. If not, no worries. But go outside. Go to a playground if you can and find one of those playgrounds that has a rope-style pyramid-shaped climbing frame. That's what you're looking for. And you can climb aboard, get somewhere in the middle, hold on to different ropes that go to different parts of the climbing frame and then get your friends and family to hop on as well and see if you can sense where they are. Okay, well, obviously safety first, but you're kind of getting on this like as if it's a spider web and and you stay there and you're kind of even eyes closed, whatever else. And when someone touches one part of it, you're kind of guessing where they are exactly and you're shouting. exactly you're trying to sense just like a spider in its web as to where its prey is don't don't eat your family and friends no that's probably or you know put them in a cocoon and save them to eat later either no no not recommended but also we not everybody might have a playground typed pyramid shaped web thing nearby no bother. is there another no option problem. that we could do no problem Ooh. there is another well, option sounds like you got this covered you got it covered okay, go on. got it covered what you got you're going to make your very own little mini spider web all you're going to need is a cork mat of some form eight push pins some sewing thread Another person and a blindfold. Ooh, this sounds kind of snazzy. How, how and what am I doing with this? Explain this to me now. I'm, I'm actually quite intrigued. Well, I'll put the full instructions up on the website and on the article that'll go with this podcast episode. But basically, you're going to use your little web to channel your inner spider through your finger. I like to draw a little spider on my finger just to make it a bit more fun. Do you give it a name? Yeah, I called mine Harriet the Hairy Spider, although my finger's not that hairy, but um, it's Harriet the Uh Hairy Spider. Might be. 
And then you're going to put a blindfold on and you're going to put your Harriet the Hairy Spider or whatever you choose to name your spider right in the middle of that web. Now get your friends and family to gently tickle one of the strings of your web and see if you can get your little spider to catch their finger whilst they're tickling your web. Oh, so it's like a little game. So you've got the eyes closed, you've got your finger on it there t- and then you can guess and you could get like five goes and then swap over. So you go, but that's a nice little game. It's I a like good that. one. It's a good one. Good work. Yeah. Okay, I don't know about you, Phil. I don't know if you have the same thing that I have, but I find spiders everywhere, all over my house. They're, at the end of autumn is when they, they move in and then and then they it's like they own the place. You know, they just crawl across the room, bold as brass, like it's theirs. Yeah, I know. They're, they're kind of, it's a nice place to be, but apparently there is one place that you'll never find a spider. The only place you won't find spiders is in the, is in the Arctic regions. And that's that's something to say. When you have a volcano erupting, for example, in the middle of an ocean, the first animals to arrive, not plants now, plants will arrive on the wind, but the first animals to arrive are spiders. And how does that happen? Well, spiders do a thing called ballooning. So when spiderlings, and uh, they're called slings, baby spiders are called slings, when they're born, they're tiny, they're microscopic, like, you know, a third of a pinhead, tiny size. What they'll do is, in a lot of species, is they'll go out onto, they'll hatch from their egg sac, they'll go out onto branches, leaves, grass, all different places, and they'll wait for a wind to pick up or some warm air on a warm spring day. And they'll let a bit of silk up from their backside, from their spinnerets and their bum. And that silk will catch in the breeze or will catch in the in a, a thermal from from the warm ground and they'll just let go and off they'll go like a like when you see people paragliding very similar to that and scientists have discovered when they caught them up in the stratosphere now they'll go into the stratosphere like right up into the sky massive miles and miles up they've discovered from looking at them up there that the spider can change um as far as it travels and it can change the height that it's traveling at by adjusting its body even as a tiny microscopic spider it can change by putting itself in different positions and that's why you get outcrops of land like newly formed volcanoes you will see spiders webs in in amongst the coconuts that have been washed up on the beaches and the spiders then are catching the first flies and other kind of little bugs that that arrive afterwards. So incredible, incredible little feats that they can achieve. I I, I mean, like, I have a spider in my living room. I, I I've called him Clive, um, and he catches <laughs> flies for me. And like, although he leaves poops on my windowsill, I'm quite happy with Clive <laughs> because I, like he's great. Yeah. But yeah. he is no paragliding spider. How big is Clive, Phil? Oh, Clive, he's eight feet. Eight feet. That's massive. Phil, get out while you can. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. he has eight feet. Sorry. Ah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, he's only... He he has eight feet and he's about the size of a two euro coin. Oh. It's pretty big. Still, I wouldn't want that paragliding across my house or ballooning as, as spiders do it. Oh, no. No, 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 not me either. I, I don't think I'd like that. No. But I do have a ballooning experiment we could do. Oh, with balloons? With balloons, Real balloons. With balloons. Are you ready, Phil? Always for balloons. Yes, let's go. Okay, listeners, this is definitely one that you can do at home. All you're going to need is a balloon, some thread, some scissors and yourself. Yep, I've got me. Yep, good. Ready to go. Yep, I'm here. 
You got you? Great. Have you got all the other bits I asked you to get ready? Yes. Yes, I have them here. Good. Okay, listeners, here we go. What we're going to do is you're going to make your very own little tiny baby spiders, your little slings. And all you're going to need is some black thread, some white thread, scissors and a balloon. Okay, guys, I've got my black thread, white thread, scissors and a balloon and I have a responsible adult, which is me. All right. Okay, so what you're going to do first is you're going to take your black thread and you're going to cut two lengths of about four centimetres long. Measure that. I'm going to measure that out with my ruler as well. Okay, I've got four centimetres and four centimetres. Okay, and I'll snip. Snip, cool. snip. Good to go. Right, you're going to take each of those and you're going to fold them in half and then pinch the folded end so that they stay nice and tight and they don't, they don't open up. Okay. Good. Now you're going to get your white thread and you're going to cut a piece that's about 10 centimetres long. It doesn't have to be exact, but just give or take. Now, when you've got that, you're going to put your white thread, which is going to be the silk that comes out of the little sling spinneret out of its bum, basically. Yeah. You're going to put that down on the table and you're going to take your little black threads, the folded threads, and put them over the top at one end of your white thread. Okay, let me do that. So I'm going to take, yeah, I'm taking that. Got and it. I'm putting that over and now I'm going to take, Okay. Good. Right. So now you're going to take your white thread and tie a little knot so that it's basically tied around the middle of your black threads. Oh, I see what's happening. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. And then this is the bit you need scissors for. So if you need your grown up, go get your grown up. Otherwise, grab your scissors. And all you're going to do is just snip the ends off your black threads so that they are only about one centimeter long on each side of the knot that you've made with the white thread. And then you're just going to cut the short end of the white thread off that was part of the, the making the knot. And then you should have a tiny little black spider with a lovely long bit of web coming out of its middle or its bum. Hey, they're so cute. Like I might use these to scare people, but they are actually pretty cute. And they've got little bits of web coming out of their bums, which is scientifically accurate. Nice. Just like a real sling, a real baby spider. And you know what we're going to do now? We're actually going to make them fly. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just say that really relaxed and just kind of go, we're going to make them fly. How are we going to do this? Is this with the balloon? It's time for the balloon. Awesome. Loving this. All right. So blow up your balloons and tie a knot in the end. Make sure it doesn't deflate. Ready? Cool, yeah, blow it up, yeah. Now what we're going to do is you're going to rub the balloon on your hair. Now, Phil, you might need to take your headphones off for this, but actually, is this going to be okay with your hair? I, I, I don't I don't want to mess it up. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, no, according to my contract, we're, we're allowed to touch my hair twice per season, so we've done it once, so my hair is... And also, my hair can handle this, and I'm wearing a woolly jumper, so I could use that instead. So, yeah, we're good, we're good, good, good. Thank you for checking. We're good, okay, okay, well... Let's have a go at rubbing hair on the head. Uh, three, two, one, go. Okay, well, Phil, whilst you're rubbing the balloon on your head, what you need to do is you grab one of your little slings, your little spiderlings, and lay it down on the table with the white string or its web slightly outstretched, so it's sort of lying flat out on the table. And now once you've got your balloon ready, it's all been rubbed on your head, bring your balloon close to your spider but not touching the spider and see if you can get your balloon to pick oh, okay, up okay. your so spider. I'm use this. So we put like, we've charged this with static as we're coming out and we're bringing it close. This is actually a little bit tricky. Ah, 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 hey, we have lift off. That's, I was actually didn't expect it to be that dramatic. That's class. Yeah, it's so cool. Okay, now Phil, how far can you make your little spider fly across the room? Uh, well, I don't know, but I've got to give it a go. Actually, I've got to try and make it fly across my own actual spider. Clive, here, check out this guy. I actually tried this experiment with Nova and Tyka at home and it was great fun. 
Ready? Let's see if this works, guys. Ready? Oh, oh. <gasps> I got him! I got him! Let's see if we can get them across the room. Come on, little wife. Oh, oh, he's at the other end. Do you think we can bring him all the way back? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. You ready? I did it! was actually class. How long was the room that Nova took the spiders across? It was about 10 metres, which granted isn't the miles and miles and miles that these real spiderlings travel when they're flying through the wind. But, you know, it's still quite a long way for our little pretend spiders. Um, but I think Collie, our spider expert, has one more brilliant thing that he wanted to share with us. Older, more ancient type of spider, the, those mygellomores we're talking about, live incredibly long lives. The females of those species, of a lot of those species, like tarantulas, can live 30, 35 years. And we're even seeing some of them live longer in captivity. So they really, like, they'll find a burrow and they'll stay there for a long, long time. And that's incredible considering that most of the spiders we have in this country will only live for one season and then die. And their young will go on and carry on the, 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 the family trade the next year. But these, the, the, yeah, the, the, the tarantulas, though, their age is amazing. Like I have a tarantula called Vivian, who I've had for 20 years now. And that's an incredible thing. So like most of my adult life <laughs> from moving out of home to, you know, getting married, having kids. Vivian's been right there beside me the whole way and she will be there for for many years to come, hopefully. So, yeah, it, it, it to, I think that blows people away because you always assume spiders would live rather short lives, but not not in the case of tarantulas. Kali, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And the, the real passion that you have for 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 things, like you said, that people are, aren't often loved or the unloved. I don't think that's true because there's a lot of people like you out there. And I, I, I think that even chatting to you right now, Julie and I, like we've had smiles on our face for the whole time because it's just so much clear how much you love them and that's how much they are loved and how wonderful they are. They're incredible creatures. And get yourself out into your back garden as soon as the summer comes around. Start flipping over logs, looking under bricks and, 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 and in around rose bushes and check out the spiders. Check out what they're doing. They are fascinating creatures and uh, really, really will enrich our life knowing about them. So, Julie, you heard Collie. Time to face those fears and go find some spiders. I guess so. I guess. Although, although he did say summer, so... I've got, I've got some time. This time, this time, I just, I'll just wait a little longer. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good excuse. You looked out there with the old summer comment. Yeah, yeah. Phew. But speaking of summer, this was actually sniff, sniff, our last episode of Let's Dive In for this series for a little while, which is kind of sad. Can you believe it, Phil? We've done ten episodes and we've answered ten amazing questions from kids. Yes, we've answered them, and with the help uh, of a lot of people, we've dived even deeper. We've talked about Jupiter trees and where our voices come from about christmas trees our heart and colors about explosions telescopes the salty seas and now spiders too it's been so interesting and so much fun so thank you to everybody to all the listeners who sent in questions and we could not have done this without you no no 100 percent, definitely not it's been an absolute blast speaking to experts and actually trying out some new fun experiments that you could try yourselves and not to worry we will be coming back 
and doing more of this. We've got some more Let's Dive In coming back later in the year. Yeah, we've been recommissioned. Six seasons and a movie. Yeah. Uh, the Let's Dive In movie. In se- no, what? No. no, no, sorry. It's no. just another 10 episodes for now, but you never know. Oh, well, I mean, that's good. <laughs> well, I mean, the good thing about this is that if you have any more science questions that you can think of while you're waiting, send them in to us with the hashtag Let's Dive In and you can use the hashtag on any social media platform. Twitter, Instagram, we'll pick it up and we'll find it. Or you could go to rte.ie forward slash learn if you're from Ireland. Or if you're from the UK, you can go to rte.ie forward slash learn to find out more. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Julie Well done And if you think You'll miss us Don't worry We're going to be doing Another little show In the meantime That's right We actually had our First episode Of this show Go live Last week Thursday On the Homeschool Hubs podcast Yeah Maths Matters Is all about maths And why It matters It's what it says On the tin really Isn't it Yeah kind of Okay So that's it From us for a little while Yeah Stay safe Have fun And stay curious And don't be afraid To dive into Any questions That you might have Because Who knows what you'll learn? Bye. Hey, well, that was good. I'm glad that was over. Yeah, good, good. That's good, that's good. Are you going to take a break now? Oh, yeah, well, I've got to put a party together, actually. Yeah, for what? No, it's uh, Clive. Clive the Spider is actually leaving. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Clive. You remember I was talking about, he got a job. Um, He's got a job as a a web developer. Bye, Julie. Bye. Thank you for listening. Now, apart from Julie and me, Let's Dive In is only made possible thanks to the support of Science Foundation Ireland and RTE. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So a giant thanks to them for supporting us and helping us put it all together. But what I think is even more important, no offence, Science Foundation Ireland and RTE, is the people who send the questions and our mini testers, because really they are the stars of our little international science showcase of science. Science showcase of science? Showcase of science. And because, I mean, like we are showcasing the future and they are the future. We'd also like to thank our delightful producer, Nikki Coughlin. Whoop, whoop. Our coordinators, Lorna Byrne, Sharon Shannon and Avian Bird. And of course, the head honcho, the lovely and very important Suzanne Kelly. I feel like I should have a drum roll. We should I have a drum, have roll. A drum so, roll. I don't know. <laughs> Please keep us, don't fire us. And finally, thank you goes to you. Yes, you for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And even your cat about the show and make sure that you like and subscribe. So until next time, enjoy your life. And other things. See you soon. Bye.